0: you're listening to halfway there episode number 207 meg gleisner and the smile of god talk about someone who disciples this is it you're going to love it Halfway there. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I'm your host, Eric Nevins. Thank you so much for being here. As always, deeply grateful and honored that you have We've got a lot of podcasting options out there. You probably don't know that the Christian category is the biggest one, um, but you uh, you chose to download this one. I appreciate that. So um, if you haven't had a chance, go out to halfwaytherepodcast.com. You can jump on our mailing list you can also support the show. If it, if you enjoy it and it helps you, uh, you can go to Patreon and help out in that way. Otherwise, just welcome along for the conversation. I'm glad that you are here. Our guest today, I'm so excited to have a conversation with her. Um, she's one of those people who, um, who just does things with gusto. She jumps in and goes for it. And I can't wait to hear more about her story uh, she is in the Seattle area she's a mom of eight so we'll have to talk about that um, she's I love that she says she's trying to live her best life and grateful for the people that she gets to share it with she's also become a really important part of Christian podcasters Association our uh, group for Christian podcasters on Facebook our guest today is Meg Gleisner. Meg welcome to halfway there
1: Thank you for having me, Eric. I love the podcast and feel honored Thank
0: to be here. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's good. You're you're. A, are you, I don't know if you get to listen all the time, but I appreciate that you have listened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like I said, you're a good friend in podcasting and so uh, it's always fun to introduce uh, our friends listening to other podcasters who are doing great work. So um, I can't wait for this. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing?
1: Well, like you said, I live in the Seattle area. My husband and I, we're almost celebrating 31 years of marriage wow. together. And we have, like you said, eight kids with grandkid number four on the way. We're serving the Lord up here in the Northwest. And I'm podcasting during quarantine. We've got four of our kids at home. We've got four college students at the moment.
0: Wow. That sounds expensive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's We have a relative Who's helping. Oh, good. Is, which is an incredible gift.
0: <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So you got four, just four kids at home. Yes. Very cool. Yep. And tell us a little bit about your podcast because your podcast is pretty cool. It's called letters from home.
1: Yeah. Uh, Letters from home podcast. And we, we help share everyday, extraordinary faith stories. And we have of all ages, I've got a 90 year old lady who helped translate the Bible and Gabon, she lived there 40 years. I've got a 11 year old twin who started a cupcake business to help feed the homeless. So we've got a, wow. a variety of inspirational stories that we bring out there.
0: Very cool. Well, we'll talk about that and we'll talk about maybe why you uh started that show and how you got into podcasting. Um, but I want to go back and hear some of your story and how you how you got there. So um If I remember right, I think you said you moved to Seattle. So are you from, you're not from there. Where are you from?
1: Well, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. All right. (laughs) Raised in Southern California.
0: Okay. That's quite the difference. Yep. (laughs) That's cool. Um, And what was that like for you growing up in in Southern California? Was it a Christian family? Was it not? What was that like?
1: It was not a Christian family. My parents got married Uh, They were both raised Catholic, and then my mom was pregnant, so they got married, and they were both very hostile and ill-prepared for marriage. My mom had never even made her own bed, and she would bring the laundry over. My dad was very selfish, and his dad was absent, so their marriage was explosive and volatile from the get-go. And they had four kids uh, that were six and under, so. Oh wow. Anyway, it started off with a lot of explosiveness and anger and that sort of a thing.
0: Gotcha. So didn't didn't go to church at all. Sounds like.
1: I went one summer. A couple of us got shipped off for the uh, grandparents in Tennessee, <laughs> and I went to Catholic church uh, for a summer after my parents got divorced. But yeah, uh, once they got divorced, we and. Yeah. My dad was physical with my mom. He was Mm. abusive. So it was just a really ugly situation with lots of yelling. And so then we ended up kind of, I call it a pinball childhood, uh, back and forth to different parents, new step dads who were lousy guys, you know, then she'd get divorced. And then my dad was on the run for a while. It was kind of, kind of a pretty crazy upbringing.
0: Like on the run from the law?
1: Well, he just disappeared for five years. So my mom was left to raise four small children on welfare. And she really went internal, like emotionally disconnect. So we kind of, she said, I raised the other kids. So I was uh, did a lot of caretaking of the other kids.
0: Were you the oldest?
1: I was not. My brother's one year older, but you know, being a. I don't know, being a, a girl or how God made me. I just was trying to take care of protect the family even uh, back then.
0: Uh, you jumped in. I did. Yeah. And did you feel responsible for the family then?
1: I did. And I I probably still do in a way, in a healthy way. But uh yeah, yeah, I think I think I did. Um, but like I said, there, there was a lot of back and forth to different yeah. different spots. So
0: Yeah, yeah, which can be hard on a kid. Well, then I'm curious, how did you find Jesus?
1: Well, that's a that's a good question. So, uh, yeah, just to give a little a background, you know, leading up to that. So I think in elementary school, I probably went to 10 elementary schools. Wow. Like I said, we grew up on welfare. Uh, I had, we had some stepdads in the process, you know, not treat us well. So there was sexual abuse. There was lots oh, of wow. yelling. Um, at one point in high school I ended up living with my dad who was a single dad at the time and there was lots of drinking he was he'd been a drunk for 15 years and he had new girlfriends every night and anyway it, it was not the best situation for a young insecure unconfident girl to grow up in so I kind of turned to sports as something that really gave me a little bit more purpose and school became you know important and but yet you know as a kid there's this i love that verse that says he has put eternity in our hearts mm. so inside there's an emptiness there's a longing there's something something's that's missing in your life that you know and so uh with all of the brokenness in my family um I was a needy girl, so my my sophomore year of high school, my dad was dating my my stepmother, and uh, she told him she said, "If you don't quit your drinking, I'm not going to marry you." So it ended up in this really big, crazy night where my dad had a harpoon and he was locked in his bedroom and had threatened suicide. And my stepmom, uh, who wasn't married then, but. She's like, come in the car with me, kids. And there was this whole big moment. And so my dad turned, went to one of those clinics and he got sober and he's been sober ever since. But for a whole month, my siblings and I were at the house alone for an entire month. And I remember wow. being terrified alone, you know, at the house, hiding under my bed, sleeping with little stuffed animals surrounding me and it was a hard time, but they got they got married. They ended up getting married. He came back. Everything was um, going along. My stepmother was real rulesy and kind of uh, like she would give a $5 fine if someone got spots on the mirror in the bathroom. And oh, wow. it wasn't, you know, the yeah. nice stepmother. Although I love her to this day. I love her, but it was a rough start, one could say.
0: Yeah, gotcha.
1: So these are the high school years, you know, when you don't you're not confident about what's going on. And so uh, one night, a girl, I went I went to a dance and my friend Sonia gave me a ride home and we were talking and she said, so Meg, tell me, how are you doing? How are you really doing? And I kind of spilled my whole guts to her and told her how sad I was and she and how I hated my friends group and all these things. And she said, come hang out with me. And I said, all right. And so the next day I went to hang out with her. Well, it turns out she was a Christian and I started going to this thing called campus life. I don't know if you've heard of campus life. I think so. Yeah. It's a high school. It's kind of like young life, but it's campus crusade. It's their high school version of reaching out to kids. So I started going to all these meetings and then one night I spent the night at a girlfriend's house and we all sat in her room. It was this co-ed group after a dance and this guy Lance had a Bible and he opened the Bible and shared John 3 16. Mm. I think most people know that one. Yeah. He shared John 3.16, for God so loved the world. And then he said, Does anyone want to give their life to the Lord? And I said, I, I do. And I remember praying in my heart, giving my life to the Lord at age 16 as a junior in high school. And I woke up that next day, Eric, and I'm telling you, the birds were singing. I felt the light of God's smile upon my face. And I have never been the same since. Wow.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you went from having a lot of insecurity to feeling really secure in the Lord.
1: That took a lot of time to happen. So I thought that week, I thought, well, I'll tell my dad that I'm a Christian and see what he thinks about God, because we'd really never had a conversation. So I went up to him. I'm like, hey, dad, I wanted to talk to you about God. And he got super angry. He's like, I'm the one who puts the food on the table. I'm the one who pays the rent. There is no room for God in my house. So at that point, I made the decision. I don't think I'll tell him. I'm a Christian and, uh, you know, my dad grew up, well, he's in his seventies now, but you know, we had 10 foot pot plants in the backyard. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I remember smoking a bong with my, my parents in the living room, like kind of screwball parenting a little bit. I remember a little bit. What are you? There was there was a lot of stuff, but mostly the hardest part was even though my dad was free from alcohol, he was such an angry person. And we never heard I'm sorry for anything. We would get yelled at as like as kids every single night. And I was a good student and I was on track and I was like, you know, really good at sports. In fact, I got a full ride in college for volleyball.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And So yeah, so forward to college and here I am still, still insecure, still not knowing who I am really. I knew I was a believer and I had my Bible and I would read it and, um, and I, I had gotten that full ride to a Christian college for volleyball and my dad had said I couldn't go because it was a Christian college. (laughs) What did you do? I ended up going to a public university, Cal State Fullerton, where I met some believers. And I was going to do walk-on at the college there, but I also met Bible study that same week. And I thought, wow, my life with sports is going to end, but my life with God isn't. So I just poured myself into ministry at college. And one day, and I was I was being discipled, I was going to prayer meetings, I was going to Bible study where I met my amazing husband, Mike. And, uh, one of the, the girls, who's said, Hey, you want to go to church with me? And I said, yes. And so when I got home, I said, Hey dad, uh, I'd like to go to church. And I was 17 when I started college. So I was young. I was still a minor. And he said, well, you can go once, but if you ask me to go again, you're not welcome to live with me. He said, religion is a bunch of BS and garbage and he was so angry and he, you know, he, he's the guy who's an atheist and, uh, who's always been shaking his fists at God. Mm-hmm. And. Which um, is hard
0: because... to be an atheist if you, if you're mad at God, right? What? It's hard to be an atheist if you're mad at God.
1: <laughs> exactly. And so I know there's a tender person in there who, is just afraid to be able to have a conversation. I've learned that mm. over the years yeah. and we've had some great conversations since then. But yeah, so that was his response to me wanting to go to church and I kept hiding my Bible. You know, I would hear my dad walk by in the hallway, I'm in my room reading and I'd hide the Bible because I was afraid. And I just thought, you know, my friend said, Oh, you should wait till you're 18 before you. And I thought, I don't want to hide my Bible anymore so I one day I said, hey, dad, um, I'd like to talk to you about something. And he called my stepmom down and we sat in the living room where we they're both sitting there looking right at me. Like, what do you want to talk about? And I said, well, <laughs> I went to church and I'd like to go again. And they said, well, you know what that means, don't you? And I said, yes. And uh, my dad said, so when are you leaving? And I said, Um, I don't know. And my stepmother looked right at me and said, that's not good enough, Meg. We want a date. And it was a Monday. Wow. And I left two days later and they wouldn't let me say goodbye to my sisters. So that's that's how I started my.
0: (laughs) Your walk with Christ. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. You know, in, in the United States, we don't often get stories where uh, following Jesus costs you something, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like it did you.
1: It cost me a lot. And I called my mom, I moved in with her, she was living with a boyfriend at the time. And, but you know, Eric, what God does with a life that's turned to him, and I can sit back and look and see what God has done in my life, but my dad didn't talk to me for a long time. And I would steadily show him love over time, I'd send him a Father's Day card or a birthday or those kind of a things. And One day he opened up the door and he said, why don't you come over, come over for lunch? And it was summer. And I said, great. So I come over to my dad's house and he was late. And I remember being so nervous. It's the first time I'd seen him in like a year and a half. And I go inside my stepsisters who I used to babysit, who I hadn't seen for a year and a half are there. And I'm sitting in the living room on that very same couch where my dad had had that conversation. And I was sitting there with the twins and they look at me and said, Meg, tell us about God. We want to know.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So I had this conversation with those with my twin sisters about the Lord. And that night they got on their knees and gave their life to the
0: Lord. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's what in. You just see how good God is in the plan that He has, and my mother ended up getting saved at a good old-fashioned tent meeting. The ministry I was involved in, we had oh, it was wow. kind of the tail end of the Jesus movement, and my mom gave her life to the Lord at a tent meeting. And my brother, who was in a really bad state, and he was rooming with guys that were on drugs. My brother, Joe, who's actually in the outro on my podcast, oh, cool, saying go in peace. That's my brother who loves Jesus and has a family. He started, I said, Joe, why don't you come with me to church? And my brother started walking with the Lord. And I have seen so many great things. So I got married at the end of college, my husband and I got married. And my dad wouldn't go to the wedding because it was a Christian wedding. He since regrets it. (laughs) But and I kept yeah, I kept serving the Lord all through college. I think I saw maybe 20, 30 women get saved through college ministry that I was involved in. I was discipling. I probably discipled 20 wow. or so women. I've always kind of been, like you said, just wholehearted. Like my life as a Lord, I, I wouldn't even think of drinking or anything like that after having such a rough childhood.
0: Mm, I was sure. so
1: thankful to be a believer and just to be part of God's family. Like, why would I want to go? serve the world, you know, it had no draw for me. Still doesn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. That's good. <laughs> uh, um, Meg, that's really impressive. I, I love that. Um, it sounds like you, know, the Lord really used you to bring a lot of your family to, to himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he did. And, you know, Mike and I I've always been very purposeful. The day he proposed to me, he had his values and he wrote a list and he said, this is what I want my home to be about, about service and blessing a world. And what do you think of that? And I'm like, amen. And so we, from the very beginning of our marriage, just wanted to serve the Lord at however we can. And so we got sent up to Seattle to plant a church and, that lasted about 15 years and we learned a lot of good things and eight kids later our kids were always serving with us and we would do high school ministry and all different kinds of things. But, uh, you know, really just raising the kids though, has been kind of the main way that I've tried to serve him throughout the years and to give back teaching kids, the scriptures, teaching cooperation, all those kinds of things.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, maybe there's things in here we need to fill in. You tell me, but, um, you know, starting a family, we mentioned earlier, you have eight kids. Tell us about that. Did you guys always want a big family?
1: I We did. We never really had a number in mind, oh, yeah. but we just prayed about it one at a time. Yeah. And my husband's from a big family and, you know, and we love kids and they're such a, such a blessing and uh yeah so we just prayed about it one at a time and god when when we got by the time we reached eight kids um our oldest was 15 and i really didn't want to be pregnant at her high school graduation (laughs) plus you get a little (laughs) too close to the edge of sanity right that's what i don't think i really want to go over that edge I think I'm good. I, I think we, we got just what God wants us to have right here.
0: Oh, that's what I like about you. You're, you're like willing to peer over the edge, but not go over. That's good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> that's cool. What, interesting. You just have this really like evangelistic way about you, right? Like you're, you're a disciple maker, which I think is pretty, is, uh, is really fascinating. Where do you think that comes from?
1: Um, okay. Now I'm going to get in my Okay. Well, I just think there's there's such a need in in the world and you know, like I think of of my life and I think of when I help out at the schools and you see those kids who are kind of off to the side or I help out at youth. I'm a tenth grade youth leader and once when when I started leading with well, this lady's like, Oh, there's the kid that's the problem kid, or there's the kid that is the one who is off to decide that one's hostile and it made me so sad because i thought hey maybe that kid off in the corner is going to be Mm. the pastor you know yeah and you know my my mom passed away last year and she was a believer and she struggled with a lot of things i think she struggled with some mental illness that was undiagnosed because she was so fearful and so paranoid about so many things she really didn't leave the house for her Last 15 years, and she would just say stuff that was really kind of hostile and awful. And I'm happy for all those who have the warm, fuzzy parents. That's not the cards that I got dealt with. I love my parents and appreciate yeah. them. But like my mom would say stuff to the grandkids that was just awful. Like one of the grandkids, you're so fat. Another grandkid, oh, wow. these are my siblings and their kids. She said, I not only unfriend you, I'm ungrandmothering you on Facebook. Just things like that. And when you see the needs that people have, Mm -hmm. how can I not respond like how the Lord has loved me, how he says he longs to gather us up like a hen gathers her chicks. He says he longs to pour out the storehouse from the blessing of heaven. When I think of the Lord's love and mercy and goodness in my own life, how can I not pour that back in
0: yeah yeah so a lot of it sounds like it comes from your own just being able to see that kid and knowing that hey there's probably a lot more going on to that story than just he's being lippy in lunch right he's he's Absolutely. got something else yeah because your
1: love reaches it says love covers a multitude of sins and i think so many of us you know, like I'm a mom right here in a big city and, you know, they the kids are involved in sports and music and all those kind of things. And I think it's so easy for all of us to get caught up Well, huh, quarantine times too, you know, like caught up <laughs> in our little box in our little world and just think this is what my world's about. I just having a happy little family or doing that kind of thing. And really there's such need and we don't have to go far to look in our need. Maybe you haven't, maybe we have a niece or a nephew. Maybe there's your neighbor. Maybe there's an elderly person and there's such opportunity to be the hands and feet of the Lord in our generation if we open our eyes. So yeah, it says that in my, in my bio on my Instagram page, there's always room for more because I, always have room for more Though we have eight kids and grandkids and a lot of people, there's always room for more because I just want the love of God to continue to extend out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow, I love that. Um, I think that definitely radiates, uh, from you for sure. Um, have you had since you were saved, have you had a dark night of the soul or a time when you felt like I was far away?
1: Yes. I, you know, we had really easy toddlers, some people really struggle, and hey, all the young moms out there it's 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 a lot of work raising littles, especially when there's multiples, and you know there's uh, no time for you or for friends and and then some with teenagers, some people are just crying and you know on their face with the teenagers. One of our teenagers was a little bit edgy and that was tough, but for us, the hardest stage has really been kids that are in their 20s and there's, you know, they're making different choices and our kids are in different places in their faith journey. We've got one who's wants to serve the Lord in far off lands and he's determined. He wants to go to the Francis Chan School, the university there, and we have some that have struggled with various things and I'd say a dark night of the soul. There was one month about five years ago where we had three of our adult kids struggling at the same time. And there were some major things. And we were on our face before God. We couldn't even go to sleep. You know, when you read those songs, the ones that say your, uh, mm. your jaws cleaving to your bones and almost like the Job thing where at that point I was, I I didn't doubt God's love in his mercy, but I felt so betrayed by God because from the moment I got saved, I had always given my life to serving him and honoring him. And you don't think you have an idea of what your life is. Like I, like I want parents, Parenting 20s to look like this until something changes with that. And then you realize you expected it to all look different. So, yeah, a dark night of the soul. It was a time of questioning to say, God. I thought I thought everything that I heard about parenting and all the books that I had read and everything that I just assumed all my kids were going to walk with the Lord from the get-go i assumed and i didn't even know that i assumed that until that was challenged and so when there was this whole transition time um one of my daughters got pregnant her uh third year of college and she had just been sharing with me how she was having quiet times and she was working full time and you're like how did that happen <laughs> i i don't even think she had time for a boyfriend and she's married now but The time when that happened, it was a dark night Mm. of the soul because I felt like the bottom fell out of everything that I had believed at that moment. I felt God, where, where were you when this happened to my daughter or where were you? I've been praying for her. I, I taught her the scriptures as a little girl. We have a loving family. We have a great relationship. They love us. I don't understand what happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So did you feel a little bit like a failure? for sure
1: you have to ask the question and my husband and I did lord did we do something wrong would would we have done anything differently and we honestly before god had prayed and i looked at the four five kids left at and look at their sweet faces hi mom how are you doing how's your day thinking what's going to be in store for each of these so and what's the point what's the point of parenting You know, and I'm a bit jaundiced when I hear people saying now, oh, read these parenting books. They're all the perfect things, blah, blah, blah. There's no perfect parenting. There's no happily ever after for a parenting book. It's a walk with God. It's, It's a walk. It's a journey that he is taking us through. And what we really came to is that, and you know that. But when it's tested, the Lord loves each of our kids more than we could ever love them. He loves them so much and he's working. And Eric, the thing that I think of that encourages me and is probably the biggest lesson of my life that goes along with my life prayer is Jude 24. And we are not living for a perfect little happy family here on earth you know all those that have kids in high school and elementary and hope i'm not discouraging anyone oh, it's but good. it's great precious times were you going to say no something? i
0: said it's good I, I think it's great i i appreciate your vulnerability and all of it it's really good
1: those are great precious times and and they're wonderful in their their 20s too but there is not going to be a perfect road each kid needs to find the lord for themselves and so we are not living for a perfect little happy family on earth. We don't just want our kids to marry like a nice Christian person and to have a little perfect happy family. We're just the perfect grandparent. And that's not what we're living for. This home is just a stopping point. What we are living for is heaven. That, And so I pray this prayer, I pray this prayer thousands of times, Jude twenty four now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with great joy. That is what I pray for my kids. And so even if they have a bump, you know, and some of you've reached those bumps already, if you have a high school kid, or maybe they're doing something, you know, there can be bumps with our kids. And that is not the end. That doesn't mean God's not answering your prayer. God is answering your prayers and he does care and he loves our kids more than we ever could. And if it doesn't look like a a perfect journey on earth, it doesn't matter. I don't care one little bit what I care about and what is still possible 100% is to have them be presented before the presence of God's glory with great joy. That's, that is what drives my prayers and my relationships with my kids who update. My kids are great. They're amazing. If you'd met them, you'd want to be friends with every <laughs> yeah, single one of awesome. them. They're great kids. And some of them are on different spots on their faith journey, but I feel riched and blessed, rich and blessed beyond belief to be all of their mother.
0: That's amazing. That's, that's such a wonderful blessing to say. Also, you get huge points, number one, for having a life prayer. I don't think many people have a life prayer, right? Number two for ha- taking it from Jude, who reads Jude. That's fantastic. <laughs> <I> love that. <laughs> Very good. But all of that is great. Thanks. I I agree. And one of the things I've learned uh, through doing this show is that we're all on a journey, right? I mean, that's why it's called halfway there. We're we're all just kind of halfway. But you, no matter where, if it goes for eternity, which you know it will, then what we're we're never gonna be there. There's no place, right? That we end up. Uh we all have room to grow and that um includes our kids. Although it's harder when it's your kids, right? That there's a there's a sense I I can I'm, i imagine for you as a as that having that innate nurturing desire to kind of bring and protect them and help them. that just that it hurts. It's hard to watch your kids go through their own kind of things. Is that the hardest thing about parenting?
1: Definitely. Yeah. I would say that's the hardest thing about parenting is seeing, seeing them make choices. And when they're little, it's quick. Oh, somebody broke something. Somebody lied to you. It's a quick trial, but as they get older, the trials are longer. Yeah. The boyfriend or they, you know, thankfully our kids have married wonderful. We have three married. They've married wonderful men who we love as our sons and but uh um yeah the trials are a lot longer and so it's difficult to sit back and watch but you know it that's where that's where your faith grows too because you know that you're in god's hands and they're in god's hands. and there's actually kind of a relief in a way it's you don't have to stress about it so many young moms i'm on a couple of moms groups and they're all stressed about ruining their kids and they're all You know, like you can be so frenetic and make big deal out of a small thing, but God really is working. And some of the trials when they get older are, are longer, they're definitely longer and it's tough to sit back
0: and see some of those things. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you started podcasting. When did you start podcasting?
1: I started about a year and a half ago.
0: Okay. Okay. And your podcast called "Letters from Home." Tell us, why why did you start it, and what was what kind of the driver there for you?
1: Well, it was about uh, a year and a half ago, and I was had heard of podcasts, but I really hadn't looked any up. And it was after Anthony Bourdain's passing, and I wanted to find out more information. He was my favorite chef, and so I was looking up information on him, and I thought, wow, this listening to podcasts made my my work go by so quickly and so I thought well why don't I find some Christian podcasts and I was googling and looking for and I just couldn't find I found some big name women out there and I just didn't I just felt like some of the podcast I didn't want to hear about like style and Jesus or you know like interior decorating and I, I just thought I just want something that's really gonna encourage and lift me up while I'm working around the house and And then I thought, you know, it'd be great as a podcast of testimonies, because when I hear someone share their testimony, I get so lifted up and so encouraged when I see how God works in someone else's life. And then the Lord put that thought into my head, Meg, maybe you should start a podcast. Nice. And so I Googled how to start a podcast (laughs) and The second I thought of it, I had more than 30 faces of dear people that I know pop in my mind whose stories I thought should be told.
0: Yeah. And so how'd you go about starting it? Did you just reach out to them or what? Did it take you a while?
1: It didn't take me long at all. I think within a couple of months and my episodes are, you know, close to 45 minutes to an hour. So I, I like. I like hearing the details of what sets up their life to hear their story. But um, I really prayed for the whole vision for the whole thing. And all of my kids have helped in some way or another. My daughter came up with the artwork for it. My sons have written the music for it in the intros and the outros. They've been guests. They've been uh, co-hosting with me. My first episode is my son who almost... The one who wants to go in far off lands almost died four years ago and while he was away at college. And so that's my first episode. And yeah, I think it's I just really want to encourage people out in the world. That's what drove it is who if I could bring encouragement to people that are at home, maybe they're sick and they can't get out of the house, then praise the Lord, it would be
0: worth it. Yeah. Why letters from home?
1: Letters from home, it's, it's like a little audio letter of encouragement. That on the artwork, there's a picture of a bird, a dove, pulling the rainbow down from the sky with a letter in its mouth. So it's a little audio letter of encouragement from heaven brought to your doorstep. And the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 3, 3, that our lives are like letters. And so bringing a letter to someone's doorstep.
0: I love that. That is awesome. I didn't know that. I've seen I've seen it, but I didn't know that's where it came from. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I wanted to know what have you discovered about yourself as you've started and ran your own show?
1: Well, you know, when you step through a door that God has given you to step through, I've been involved with different ministries in different ways, but this one I'm doing almost all by myself and what I've learned from doing interviewing people live and stepping through the moments when you don't know how it's going to work out or figuring out technology, what it's done for me is given me more confidence and in so many ways, I mean, there's hundreds of doors that I've stepped through to do podcasting and figure things out. So I think the Lord's just reassured me that he is with me and he's guiding me and the day that our podcast got out published for the first time on iTunes we were in the car and I could see letters from home podcast <laughs> and we had talked about it and when we got home we were just visiting as a family sitting on our deck and it was it was dark out and my husband looked up at the sky and he said Meg look at the sky. And there was only one cloud in the sky and the cloud was a shape of a heart. Oh, wow. And it was like, God was smiling down upon me saying, Meg, I'm giving you a letter of encouragement from heaven. Like he put that seal of a heart. It was the only cloud in the sky. And my, my husband and sons were saying, mom, look at the, look at the wow. sky. So I feel his smile upon my face. Eric being involved with the Christian podcasters association, knowing you and Chris and all the wonderful people that I've met there. I feel like I'm part of a great ministry, which I've always felt being the part of the body of Christ, but what he's doing in podcasting and what he's doing through the ministry we're involved in, I feel honored and blessed. And I've told you that, and I know he's doing a great work, and I just feel honored that I can be part of it.
0: Well, I appreciate that. So we should tell that story because uh, christian podcasters association is our group that we have that uh is on facebook for christian podcasters i talk about it sometimes because every once in a while we have one of our podcasters on the show um but the uh you know we've, we've got a bunch of people in there but you reached out to me and said because you're you're really good at instagram it's uh it's not my jam but it's your jam and i love that and you uh you said hey can i can we start an Instagram for, for Christian podcasters association? I said, I don't have time really, but if you want to go ahead. And, uh, you did, you like picked it up and ran with it. And I, we have a ton of followers over there and people are, um, you know, definitely checking out. I know my followers are are going up because of that because I'm not doing a whole lot on Instagram. It's all you, it's gotta be you. Uh but anyway, so but I love that. So you become a real real key piece of Christian Podcasters Association and I appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, hey, we, we're reaching up to a thousand members oh. on Christian Podcasters Association, and there are so many beautiful stories, so many beautiful podcasts. So if you're a podcast listener out there, so many great different categories, different things to listen to, and I just love helping to feature each one to give a shout out, to hear their mission, to hear their vision behind all the work that they're doing. Cause God's doing yeah. that great work in podcasting.
0: I'm with you. I, I definitely believe that, um, that God is doing something in podcasting. I know you've, you've heard me say this before, but I think that podcasting represents an opportunity to, to share the gospel in so many more ways. I totally agree with you. Obviously, obviously, Uh, with a a show that shares the testimonies about what God's done in our lives. Right. Like, yeah, that's what I, I think very much, both of our shows are in that vein of Luke. I often describe it this way as Luke, you know, he, when he records acts, he records the experiences of God's people, you know, and I would never say my podcast is like scripture, but, or is scripture, but it, it is like that, right. In the sense that it's recording, these experiences. And as we, as we learn, as we hear them, as we listen and take them in um, we also then um, are connected to God in a way that maybe we weren't before. And so my hope is that people who hear your story will um, hear that even, you know, even in, in difficult beginnings, even in in the hard times and when things don't go the way that you, you want them to um, you can still trust God, you know?
1: And, um, yes. Amen. And just to give a update of where we're at today, I really, you know, over the years we have had dozens of people live in our home. So, you know, starting off with a home where our home was kind of a place of hurt and harm. Mm. As we started having kids, we've had three families live with us over the years. We had a homeless guy live with us, once um for we had some uh, muslim friends live with us over time but we have gotten to see the lord use our home over time just to to give back and to be a home of blessing and uh as far as my my dad goes my dad and my stepmom a few years ago ran on hard times they had lived very well through the 90s and they kind of lost everything through careless living and it was really sad and my dad we said dad why don't you come live with us so the dad that had kicked me out all these years ago moved up the coast and all after having this beautiful million dollar home in florida they had lost everything and he drives up the coast in his pickup with All that he could fit in was a couple of Xboxes. He moves into our home, lives with us, and he came in with that cocky exterior and his chest sticking out within 24 hours, seeing the love of our children, seeing the love of my beloved husband and me. That exterior melted. Wow. And he's still not a believer, still praying for him. He's still an atheist, but we're still praying for him. So again, the difference God can use to change
0: mm-hmm. us. I think that is a perfect bow. You're your home, you're kicked out of your father's home, but you invited him and I think that just definitely sums up your heart for others. Is there anything you want to leave us with before we go?
1: Well, I guess I'll leave you with my life
0: verse
1: and Lord gave this to me in college, but John 10, 27 and 28, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And I view myself as in God's hand and that is the safest place we can be. That is the safest place our kids can be, our friends can be, the person that we're reaching out to. They're in God's hands and it's a beautiful and wonderful place
0: to be. Amen. They feel a little unsteady sometimes, but it's always a good place to be. Amen. Meg, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you sharing your story. Friends, you're already in your podcast app. Go out, subscribe to Letters from Home. Give Meg a listen. And uh, you're a Christian podcaster. Join us on Christian Podcasters Association. We'd love to have you. Thanks, Meg.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.